0: All right, all right. Luke was giving his positions, but this is more important. All right, we're uh, Spencer, I'm waiting for Spencer with uh, All right, guys, we're excited to have. Um, this was when Kathy was here in Detroit, but this is before everyone knew about Kathy. And we're really excited to have Kathy Wood on, and we'll go more into the intro in one second. But. W- All right, Spencer queued it up a little too early, but it's okay. We're here. So, before I bring Kathy on, I just wanted to say we've had so many requests for questions. I went on Clubhouse yesterday. I did, you know, we have thousands of questions. So, you know, when you watch YouTube and they have the 1.5 speed thing, I'm going to see if Kathy, we can do a 1.5 speed because you guys have so much, and all we have is around 30, 35 minutes. But I'm going to bring Kathy on. That was a little intro. Kathy, there you are. How are you?
1: I'm great, Jason. How are you?
0: Good. You, did you like the little intro?
1: I did. Thank you very much.
0: Yes. I, uh, I, I, and
1: yes, uh, you were there. I was there, Detroit. And uh, it was quite an interesting moment. that It was as Tesla was imploding.
0: It was, and I just listened to the thing. And Tesla was at like 240, went to 170 or 178. You were out that day, so you didn't buy 178. But you kept buying Tesla all the way down. Your conviction, you know, didn't go away, and you just kept going, right?
1: No, no, we were looking at, uh, you know, there, there, there are four uh, barriers to entry, uh, and. Our conviction in those were growing. They were all technology oriented, the battery, uh, the AI chip, the miles driven, the over the air software updates to performance. Uh, and and we, we did not think the company was going to run out of money. The markets were open. This was not 2008, 2009. And that was the reason it was imploding. It just seemed like a silly reason to us.
0: Yep, I I remember it like it was yesterday. We were talking about the little silly things Tesla has, the sound effects that make Tesla, it delights a user (laughs) just like an Apple iPhone does. You know what I was talking about. So, all right, we're gonna go back to Tesla in a minute. But before uh, we get going, I just want people, when you hear you on TV sometimes, they don't necessarily get your background. And just a little bit on your background, where you're a rule breaker, where you're always seeing things so differently, um, a couple minutes or a minute on that would be awesome.
1: Sure. Uh, no, I was a really good student, very serious. I uh, born of immigrant parents who, uh, you know, thought education and career were extremely important. So no, no rule breaking. But when I started in the business, I really had to scrap. Uh, and what I mean by that is, Jenison Associates in New York gave me an opportunity. I started in economics, but I wanted to become a portfolio manager, and so I had to become an analyst first. And they gave me the opportunity, but I had to find my own stocks. And so, uh, I had to find stocks that nobody wanted. They were a little contrarian. They were what I called at the time fall through the crack stocks. So the best example Reuters was the first duly listed stock, New York and, uh, London. And it was a database publishing company. Database publishing falls through the cracks. The tech analysts didn't want it. The publishing analysts didn't want it. Uh, it seemed like a strange animal. I wanted it. I was thrilled, and of course, nobody wanted it because they didn't understand this new thing that was happening. It was called the internet, uh, and very, very early stages. So I learned early that way, and I also learned because we made a big bet on um, inflation and interest rates peaking in the early eighties when I first joined Jenison. and uh, n- no one was expecting that. So I learned very early on. If uh, if you can. Uh, if you have good reason to expect something to happen that nobody else expects uh, the odds are high that you'll do very well with that bet if you're right
0: now now speaking of that so you were at Jenison for 18 years yes. and then I th- yeah, and then I think you went to Alliance Bernstein right um, and there you had the exact same situation you were made fun of you may have been ridiculed you know picked on as they say in school I, I don't know but I remember Amazon You were buying Amazon and literally you had your investment meeting and tell us that story.
1: Yeah, uh, we were buying Amazon. It was $5 billion in market cap. I think it's up to 1.7 trillion now. So this was 2002 and I had to to announce my trades every Monday morning. I announced Amazon and uh, you could have heard a pin drop, like what? And uh, you know, at that time, The internet was considered a figment of Wall Street's imagination. So many people had gotten hurt. Uh, Amazon, I think was down 80% from, more than 80% from its peak. And uh, and no portfolio manager or analyst wanted to admit ever having held or recommended an internet stock. But uh, we were convinced, I had three little kids at the time. I had no time to shop. I did all of my shopping on Amazon. Did I get everything? No, I, there were all kinds of problems with it, but I was delighted because I didn't have to go to the store. And I just knew online was going to become a big deal. Uh, and uh, and yet the psychology of the moment was so thick. Uh, understandably, there were a lot of uh, risk control experts, uh, you know, guiding portfolio teams saying, you know, this internet thing, no earnings, you got to have the earnings. As you know, Tesla wasn't going to have earnings for another, I think 10 years. Uh, so, um, yes, going against the grain. In fact, sometimes when the, when the sentiment is so negative and we have good reason to believe that, um, Something differentiated is going to happen. Unexpected. Uh, those are great times. You know, I I call them the Valley of Death. It's a saddled S curve. The first saddle uh, S curve. It's kind of a fake out. Too much money chasing too few opportunities too soon. That was the Internet late nineties. Then in the um, mid two thousands, early to mid two thousands, Valley of Despair. Nobody wanted anything to do with these stocks. And then, that's a great time to pick up stocks. And right now, 3D printing stocks have been there for a long time. Uh, And then you enter the sweet spot of the S-curve and it's unstoppable.
0: And that's, okay, and that's where you take this differing viewpoint than the average person. I mean, when you came out and make a pick like Tesla or Amazon, it's a differing viewpoint. So then you left Alliance Bernstein, you started Arc. I mean that's a big risk. You're the CIO at Alliance Bernstein. Did you fund it yourself? Do you have like how? How did that happen? How do you go from A to
1: B? Well, uh, you're right, and many people said, "Why didn't you retire?" Uh, and the reason is, I love this business, but I wanted the opportunity to uh, demonstrate that we didn't have to pay attention to benchmarks. Uh, to guide our investing, whereas most traditional uh, asset managers use the benchmark as their guide. It is the bogey against which analysts and portfolio managers are graded. Indexes, and especially those stocks that are the biggest positions in indexes, they're there because of past successes. But we saw, uh, uh, and Brett Winton, our director of research, had been at Alliance Pernambuco also, uh, we saw so much uh, innovation uh, about to take off. The seeds for this innovation were all planted in the tech and telecom uh, bubble. They had taken 15, 20, 25 years to take off. No one, therefore they were not discussed very much anymore. And we just, because it was our sole focus, we wanted to um, dedicate a portfolio to innovation. That didn't exist in the marketplace. Again, innovation was out of favor. It was too volatile. In fact, when we started the firm in 2014, uh, it, it took it took a lot to get people's attention because they thought we were too risky, too crazy. And uh, I see now it's coming full circle because I hear that again, but um, it's much less risky than we believe the benchmarks are. The benchmarks are filling up with va- value traps because the innovation platforms there are five of them and they involve 14 different technologies that are all taking off right now they are going to disrupt and disintermediate the traditional world order So I think the big risk is in the benchmarks not what we're doing
0: got it and you can and you guys can read about these different uh, verticals at Arc dash invest.com yeah that we will get into that and we'll get into transparency but bear with me we'll get to it so one of the things that you talked about you know or you talk about is disruptive innovation is priced incorrectly why do you say that and how do you see it
1: yes uh, it's priced incorrectly in the public equity markets because of the short-term investment time horizon of most uh, strategies so if if you talk to most analysts and portfolio managers, they're really focused on the next year or 18 months in terms of guiding um, their buy and sell decisions. We are not. Uh, and in fact, we want our companies to sacrifice short term profits in order to Uh, be in the pole position to win in many of these winner-take-most markets. Artificial intelligence is causing a lot of winner-take-most markets. The companies with the best data, the highest quality data are going to win. Tesla in the uh, autonomous taxi uh, network world is one of those examples. So. uh, by definition, then, if our if our companies are investing aggressively now for going short term profits, their valuations are going to look very rich. And that's the probably the biggest criticism we get. It's on today's valuation, to, uh, next year's valuation. If you give us five years, however. Uh, And given the exponential growth rates we're talking about, say, 82% growth on average per year in the electric vehicle market, if you give us that, we are managing value portfolios. I truly believe that. Now, a year ago, uh, I would have told you deep value uh, portfolios, but of course, the market has recognize Tesla and many of our genomic stops and many of our uh, innovation themes, period. Uh, but we still, and I get this metric every every day, we still expect uh, uh, north of 20% compound annual returns from our portfolio over five years. Uh, uh, so that's a, a more than a doubling.
0: Yeah, and so I'm skipping ahead, but to your point, I, the question I get asked is that, the stock market's been in a grow. Looking at grow stock, technology stocks. They wanted me to ask you if, if we start seeing technology stocks sell off for a long, like a couple of years or a year, do you switch strategies? Do you, um, what do you do in that scenario?
1: Um, we will in a sell off, any sell off, we will concentrate towards our highest conviction name. So during the coronavirus, for example, the crisis, uh, we uh, went down to. 33 names in our flagship portfolio. Today, we're up to 55. Uh, so what we will do in an extended correction is we will uh, concentrate the portfolio once again to the top 30, 35 stocks um, because those are the ones in which we have the highest conviction. Uh, and it has been gro- that conviction has been growing over time.
0: Got it. OK, that's good. And uh, what do you make of how influential ARC has become? I mean, I just only imagine from when I met you a year ago to what it is today. And I appreciate you. Like you still, you're, to me, you're still the same person I asked you. I asked, um, you know, one of your colleagues that helps on this stuff. I'm like, does she have like, you know, you know, a bunch of servants, all this, I was just like joking around, but to me, you're the exact same person. But honestly, every day I hear your name nonstop. I can only imagine if you met me one time and heard my name nonstop after it's kind of funny. Like, what do
1: you make (laughs) of all this? Um, I think we, our performance has attract, attracted a lot of attention. I think the fact that we're willing to share our research and and you know be that vulnerable out there, if you think about it, we put our Tesla model on GitHub and, and this was around the time of the controversy. Oh my gosh, the blowback we got from that because there were errors in our model. Guess what? There are errors in every buy side company model. I guarantee it. We are going to have fewer errors because of all of the the kind people out there uh, giving us constructive criticism, saying, hey, we think you got this wrong, or this doesn't add up, or did you link with this? Uh, So I think our models probably are the most robust in the the buy side world because we're willing to put our models out there, certainly the most controversial ones, uh, because we want to educate investors like this is a really important stock and you have an opportunity here. Don't even buy into art. Just take a look at this model and 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 buy the stock for yourself if that's how you like to do things. And I, I think that uh, the I think many appreciate our transparency, our willingness to educate. It's one of our values one of our missions is to educate we feel as though there is so much opportunity brewing right now having to do with education we want to educate not just investors to get on the right side of change and avoid these value traps but we want to uh we want to educate parents and grandparents to steer their children and grandchildren to the next big thing and uh you know inspire them, so sh- show them our research, talk about our research, don't show it if you think it's gonna turn them off, but you'll uh, uh, you'll be, you have the research to share. Uh, so I think a lot of people are grateful for that. And uh, you know, it, <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you one quick story. Uh, I was in Savannah uh, this past weekend at uh, a restaurant uh, with my son and a family. And uh, next to us, there was a couple very young couple. And we learned later after they bought us drinks, because he got into Tesla so early and was so grateful. They're both in the Savannah College of Art and Design, which is an excellent school. It was their one year anniversary. They bought us drinks, uh, which of course I wouldn't let happen. Uh, We ended up buying them their anniversary dinner. But think about that impacting lives that way. that's what gets me up in the morning.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and that is an awesome story. And then the, I that I mean that's that's amazing. And that's and that's your transparency. That's what your transparency is. And people and people aren't necessarily co- like used to it. So we're we'll, we're gonna transition to something. I'm gonna show a clip from a a show. Uh, you guys, Jim Cramer. I'm gonna show this clip real quick and have you respond to it. Memo to Kathy: Would close your fund. Close it. Listen to what the late Jack Bogle would say. Close. Concentrate on performance, not on trying to deploy capital. It's okay. It's no sin. Okay, now I should just shut up and let you take over your response.
1: Well, uh, he's talking about the ETFs. It is not possible to to close an ETF. It's just not possible. Uh, so I'm I'm I think he's referring to the mutual fund industry, and that's not what we are. Uh, but I think the other mistake that um, that that commentators are making uh, is that they they don't understand that I have nothing to do with the flows. In other words, the ETF ecosystem outside of ARC, the market makers, the authorized participants, they are creating and redeeming baskets of stock, um, which are the stocks we're invested in. But the, I am not seeing, I'm not having to invest those flows or raise money to satisfy redemptions at all. I am investing, do pure and simple. Uh, I am making investment decisions. I am not dealing with flows. This is such a luxury in a volatile market to be able to focus only on the investing side and not to be forced to do anything because of flows one way or the other. Uh, And from that point of view, I think ETFs are a superior wrapper uh, for the portfolio manager. Now, mutual funds have their place and defined contribution funds and so forth. I'm not putting them down, uh, but I think ETFs for an investor, uh, a portfolio manager, uh, are a better wrapper.
0: Got it. And so that's your response. So, yeah, it's not a mutual fund. You can't just close it down. It doesn't work like that.
1: The irony is all I'm doing is concentrating on investing. If you look at our trades every day, we are being so opportunistic out there during a volatile market. We trade around volatility. We are liquidity providers when when uh, investors and speculators are are selling our stocks, creaming them, our highest conviction stocks, we will be buying them. When they are hyperventilating about our stocks, we will be selling them. We will be taking profits because we know there will be another source of controversy. We'll get another bout of volatility and we can train around it. Let me give you the uh, just a couple of stats. Just Tesla alone in 2018, Tesla alone just our trading, not the performance of the stock, which by the way, in a down year, 2018, the market was down 3.5%, Tesla was up 6%, but take that performance away. Our trading activity alone uh, contributed 175 basis points to performance, just Tesla, just Tesla. And we trade all of our names last uh, 2019, uh, just Tesla's trading around at our trading around Added three hundred and twenty basis points to our performance, and last year even more. Although we're we're still trying to uh, confirm the exact number.
0: I mean, so you got you have good people on your team that are able to do that and the the best. When I talked to you last, or not last, but a couple of times, you had twenty four people. Is it still a similar uh, team, or is it a lot bigger now?
1: No, we have twenty nine people. We haven't yet cracked thirty. Uh, but uh, what 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 that. Um, demonstrates is that our research team was built, we had invested and I I invested um, in the firm for four years. Uh, um, uh, And so we invested in research and marketing. So the social media and marketing that, uh, that is helping our transparency and research, which is really differentiating us those two departments we focused on heavily they were ready to scale whenever the market was ready for us uh now we're building out the rest of the firm we're we're making it much more robust but we've got a very scalable model
0: yeah i got like 20 dms on twitter will you tell kathy i will work for her for free i got a <laughs> bunch of those so um now what the daily trades you send out do yeah. you ever get afraid that people are going to target your trades or go you know like this target what's kathy would doing because nightly it's like what kathy would do um i believe you're doing it for transparency and to teach a little bit but yeah. what would be the reason that you would say you're doing it
1: well in the beginning we did it because uh the etf world was very suspicious of what uh, active management in an etf wrapper would do to, to them. <laughs> so market makers were thinking active. You could flip the portfolio upside down in the span of a day and I'd be com- caught flat footed. Cause I'd always, I'd only find out at the end of the day when you have to disclose your holdings. So we said, okay, fine. Uh, we'll disclose our trades once we make them. So you aren't flat footed. We don't want the spreads, uh, between the bid and the ask in our ETFs to, to, do to be too wide. Um, And so even last week when there was extreme volatility in our portfolios, um, the spreads were only 7 cents. That's nothing to pay for liquidity, right? I think it's because market makers have learned and authorized participants that we're not gonna catch them flat-footed. They've gotten used to our style of trading. We're not momentum oriented. They've got their algorithms tuned up to figure out what we're going to do. So they're just not surprised. We got such great feedback for publishing the trades. And the the reason we had to publish them broadly is we could we cannot have any selective disclosure Um, that is against a regulation. So we said, okay, we'll send those trades out to everyone. That's how that started we got such great feedback that and in fact, people sometimes are panicked if they don't get our trade sheet at the end, like, did you take me off the list? And we get a lot of those emails. Uh, so we knew it was gaining traction. And then, and now, as you probably know, there are YouTube sites and there are businesses being, um, f- uh, founded around our trading activity. Now we don't, the reason, so do I expect there to be a reaction? Sure. Uh, but uh, if you, if you've been watching our trades, we will initiate a position. If it goes up, I'm exaggerating, although not always, if it goes up 20% the next day, because headlines are, you know, Arc has bought, we're not going to be buying into that. We're just not going to be buying into that. And then we get a week like last week and this week, we get plenty of opportunities to fill in positions. So, uh, you know, we don't, feel like that by giving away our trades that uh we're going to uh, be faced with a lot of front running because we're a liquidity provider we're not going to chase it and we'll wait for everything to settle back down
0: Yes, someone said to me why can't they just create their own etf if you're giving your trades out but i think there's a lot of hedging and other things you do that i mean i don't know what would be the answer to that
1: Someone right
0: paid, why Why? look why do they need to invest in the arc or their e- 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 etf if they can just copy the trades you make each day which you I know we're, we're
1: very busy on some days like uh this yeah. week last week uh if you look at our trade sheet it's it's kind of tough to keep up with us but
0: yeah you know, totally if
1: they would like to i mean you know very flattering we're happy that that but i think it might cost them more to do it than to have us to do
0: it a hundred percent i mean your your etfs best performing, I mean, 120%, 180% and, you, and you're after innovation, which is, and then we go to genomics. We're not going to get to genomics yet. I have to ask you this, but I have a little thing to play, but yeah, no one's really going to start their own thing. They're going to go in your thing. Cause it's a lot easier. That's what I do. Right. Okay. Hold on one sec. All right. That was our little thing for crypto. So That You've been calling this right, like I don't even know what to say. You bought it when it was so low and it was too large in your fund. But does Bitcoin continue to move higher from here?
1: Uh, We are very optimistic about Bitcoin in particular. Uh, And I think the big surprise to us, we had been expecting uh, more institutional or professional interest uh, and meaning institutions starting to put it in their uh, their their funds, and to see Mass Mutual put a hundred million dollars of Bitcoin into the general account. Do you know how many hoops that an insurance company would have to jump through to be able to do that? Now, it's only 0001 percent of a general account. However, just to get it in there, unbelievable. What has surprised us is the diversification. Uh, that companies like Square, Tesla, uh, and MicroStrategy, the the diversification into Bitcoin uh, on their balance sheets. Uh, They are starting to build their cash positions. Can you believe two years ago people thought Tesla was going to run out of cash? Now it's built its cash positions to such an extent that it's diversifying about 8%. Into uh, into Bitcoin, I think it's a great insurance policy. It makes a lot of sense, and it's not, meaning meaning if we go into an inflationary period, cash will lose its purchasing power. Bitcoin will not. In fact, Bitcoin, as you can see recently, is gaining purchasing power pretty dramatically. It's it's what's called a deflationary currency. All that means is your per- purchasing power goes up over time. And so I think uh, more innovative, tech-savvy uh, uh, management teams are saying, why don't we diversify? Uh, what's the reason not to diversify? And so I think this is going to happen more broadly. That's a very big deal. If So Tesla put 8% of its cash, I think, uh, uh, squares up to 5%. MicroStrategy, all of its cash. Um, and... I, I if if all the corporations in the United States were to do that somewhere in the five to well in the, let's just say the one to ten uh, percent range just diversifying into bitcoin that would add anywhere from forty thousand to four hundred thousand dollars to the bitcoin price so the bit it would double the bitcoin price at a minimum if it were only one percent diversification it would push the price up almost 10 times uh, okay. if it were 10 yep. percent.
0: Yep, and uh, I yeah, and that and that's so you're state you're staying bullish, and so the next question in the clubhouse they wanted me to ask about NFTs, non fungible tokens. Yeah. Do you think those are here to stay, crypto two or a passing fad, or no take on it?
1: Oh no no no, we're very excited uh, about it. In fact, um, async, async art. Arc, did I get that right? A- Async Art, I believe, uh, is uh, is um, a firm, uh, a platform for artists, for digital artists, and what these artists can do, and I think we're going to try and do this ourselves uh, through Async Art, is you can um, you can. Uh, draw a painting. I don't know how to say it digitally. However, and uh, and then it can build up in layers. And the original artist uh, uh, holds the base layer. Anyone who wants to build on to- a layer on top uh, uh, to uh, modify the underlying uh, will have to pay a royalty to to the designer. And I think the great thing about NFTs is the original artist. Uh, is on record there forever. There's no way to change it. That's the wonderful uh, thing about blockchain technologies, immutability. Uh, And so the idea that someone could create a base layer of art and have others build on top uh, and pay a royalty in order to, you know, uh, uh, build up the ecosystem and each one earn uh, royalties. That's so fascinating. Someone said, Yesterday, I read that an Oxford University professor said, you know, this kind of reminds me of photography, if you want an analogy, those original prints from the famous uh, photographs, those original films are incredibly valuable. The first prints, extremely valuable, though less valuable, perhaps than the original film, and so on, you know, so there's an analogy out there.
0: No, absolutely. Okay, I wish the clock would stop. We're at two twenty six. So nice. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna ask a few stocks and then we'll do like a Tesla thing at the end. But this okay. clock just keeps moving too fast. I don't. Do you have a way to slow the clock down, Kathy? Because it would make my life easier. Oh, I wish.
1: I wish. I wish that would happen too. <laughs> All right,
0: if you can invent that. All right, so you can pick a, a few of these. I'll just name a few: uh, Roku, Zoom, uh, DraftKings. Uh, someone said Lucid. Um, NMDM yeah. any of the or uh, any of those you want to like give a little insight on?
1: Well, Roku, we, you know, everyone asks, uh, okay, there's a huge transition from linear TV to streaming TV. And uh, what would you invest in? Or, or where would you invest given the $70 billion of linear TV advertising dollars? that are going to disappear and go somewhere? Where would you invest? Most people would say Facebook, Google. That's a, we would say a lot of people know that. That is no surprise. The surprise is Roku. Roku is becoming the operating system of streaming TV, of connected TVs. Uh, it uh, and Amazon are in, uh, uh, are in competition, so to speak, but Roku put its own Channel, it has started its own channel and is starting to buy co- uh, content for it. Quibi uh, is one example. It has just uh, moved on to Amazon's uh, platform as well. So we think those two, certainly in the United States, uh, are um, are going to take the lion's share of the connected tv market and roku uh, is moving internationally and is finding really good success and i think that's a an upside that many people don't uh, don't anticipate um let's see the other one zoom now interestingly i listened to the their uh, call uh, yesterday or the day before and i realized something first of all Mind-blowing. Most uh, stay-at-home beneficiaries, the stocks, they peaked in the summer last year. Zoom was cut in half from six hundred dollars to nearly three hundred dollars last week. Um, got the the earnings report this week, and most people have been saying, "Okay, yeah, we're we're kind of getting back to normal." They got to slow down. Their its growth rate rate accelerated from. Three listen to this, 365% year-over-year growth to 369% year-over-year growth, a $900 million run rate, uh, which is $3.6 billion annualized. That's what people's estimates are for 2021. They're wrong. It's going to be much higher than that. The world has changed. And I think Zoom is the... Uh, It's playing in the largest part of the technology stack out there, the $1.5 trillion uh, telecommunications part of the stack. And I think it's going to usurp a lot of the old uh, telco infrastructure. So I don't think people understand that. Uh, So we're pretty excited about it. Uh, and, And actually like that the sentiment right now is so negative, people think this stock at about $110 hundred and ten billion dollars is selling at an outrageous multiple to sales. Uh, it is not, if uh, if our estimate for this uh, for this year is right. In fact, it's probably undervalued. I know people think that's outrageous, but stay tuned. OK, and
0: like two more minutes. Can you do like two or three more? We're almost 2.30. So like, OK, so uh, DraftKings or NNDM? Any opinion on both of those DraftKings or NNDM?
1: Well, we do think sports betting um, is is actually has is losing its taint. Uh, DraftKings is becoming a platform uh, for sports betting. Uh, states in crisis uh, with huge deficits are going to capitulate one after another. And then the most, one of the most mature uh, betting uh, states, New Jersey, uh, it's DraftKings reported last uh, last week, its revenues were up 100%. Again, this was another stay at home beneficiary. So people said, ah, you know, uh, you know, we're going to get back to life as usual. This is going to be part of life uh, as usual. Uh, And so New Jersey was very telling to to us. And, And we do believe that it is a platform strategy in the space.
0: Got okay, and then the last thing to finish up. Oh, NNDM, anything on N? uh, Like, you know,
1: know yeah, yeah. Nano Dimension actually is uh, originally it used to call itself a three D printed uh, circuit board company. Now it's broadened its um, view of itself, you know, defining the market uh, to a three D printed technology device company. It's getting incredible business from uh, from defense agencies around the world. It's an Israeli company. We always look for what it, where the defense is putting their money, where they think uh, a technology is highly differentiated, uh, and we get to know the company, which we have, and we're very impressed with the new management. The 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 founder is still very involved, but as is usually the case. Um, a, a company, a company's founder is into the tech and really needs to bring in a business uh, partner, which he has done. So we're, we're very impressed.
0: And, and my last question is in the news, there's a rocket has been in there lately. It's a FinTech company technology, I own it. But my question is you do a lot in FinTech. You had talked to me about Japan, your partner there. Are you doing more in FinTech? Do you look at like enabling technologies in the public markets or is oh. that more? Yeah, I just wanted to get your take.
1: Uh, We think that uh, fintech is probably one of the most misunderstood uh, of all of the technology platforms. Digital wallets. Digital wallets are going to, we believe, gut banks. So remember I told you the indexes have value traps? We think banks are among them. Now, banks and energy are both having a nice run here, nice value run. We're happy because that means the bull market is broadening out. Very happy about that. But be careful about the value stocks uh, that you buy. Digital wallets are not only going to do our banking. They're going to be bank branches in our pockets or pocketbooks. Uh, We're going to do our banking. We're going to take loans. We're going to uh, pay uh, debit uh, on our cash app or our our Venmo uh, uh, and other PayPal accounts. Uh, we're going to buy stocks and crypto. That all we're ready is happening. Millennials are leading the way here. I think banks uh, are facing innovative dilemma, uh, the innovators dilemma, and uh, I think they 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 are going to have a hard time catching up. Old DNA versus new DNA.
0: Okay. Okay. Kathy, you are the best, like the best. You are like, we thank you. There's there's like 30,000 people here writing so many things. They told me I'm too stiff. They're like, Kathy's just, a. they're like, they wrote me. Kathy's just a normal person, Jason. Be comfortable. Be more relaxed. Ask her about Lucid. Ask her about this. I mean, you, you guys, one thing that Kathy Wood does, I mean, a lot of things she does. She puts out videos monthly, weekly, and you can get a lot of this stuff that she talks about. And I could ask about every single stock in the world, but she'll be here till midnight. And so we can't do that. (laughs) Suffice to say, you're still very long Tesla, right? Like, we don't have to go to the story, the taxis. I get it, right? I don't want to take any more of your time. So I just, that's my correct on that.
1: I think many firms understand how big it's going to be in electric vehicles. No one's giving it credit for autonomous. Our conviction on its autonomous strategy has increased uh, significantly over the last few months.
0: Got it. Oh, it's your conviction has increased. That's good. Yeah. So yeah. maybe a new price target.
1: Yes, and we've just finished our model. Uh, we're going to write the blog with it. And I keep saying two weeks, and I apologize for people who are waiting for two weeks. But you know, compliance and other market activity uh, gets in the way. Uh, compliance doesn't get in the way. That'd be a terrible thing to say. I'm sorry. Inter-
0: inter- <laughs> <laughs> interviews with me gets in the way you know <laughs> like um...
1: yeah so stay tuned
0: all right well thank you so much you got your, your you guys can listen to this on the podcast the Raz report but Kathy would I mean the the questions the people love how you impart intelligence and Benzinga we're for the people by the people so we crowdsource questions we, we received over like 21,000 questions I can't even oh, believe okay. it I mean some people put in like 10 so hopefully You'll come on again. Hopefully we did it right. Like, um, yes, because
1: yes, thank you, very efficient, very productive. Thank you. Th-
0: thank you. Have a great day and we're gonna, <laughs> and, and Kathy, I know you're leaving now, but guess what we're having in the room after? A Kathy Wood after party. We're talking about these positions. <laughs> we got like some very smart people from around the world and there's like 30,000 people here. So. Thank you. Have a great day and we'll right. look forward to your new reports and guys sign up at arc-invest.com to be alerted to it the price changes. Kathy Wood is one of the best, nice, transparent and we appreciate you. Thank you.
1: Thank you Jason.
0: Thanks yep. so much. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right guys, that was Kathy Wood and I know